How would you describe the sound of Alani? If you had to put a soundtrack to a neighborhood, what would the soundtrack for Alani be? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's that's a mean question because I listen to a lot of the music and I take a lot of walks. <laughs> uh, let's see. I would have to say maybe and I, I'm really going to let my classical colors show and my Philadelphia pride, but I recently took a walk. The city of Philly in general because you know we have the Philadelphia Orchestra um, we have Jill Scott's from here, Music Soul Child's from here. The roots are by way of Philadelphia, so on and so forth. So there are so many different elements that I know for me, the main thing I think of when I hear need is going to be jazz and fusion. The soundtrack would be track number five, Steppin'. It, it's really time for that neighborhood to get to stepping in a lot of areas, get to stepping in their, their aesthetical, aesthetics of beauty, aesthetics of love, and just not allowing the blight and the consternation of the community to outdo them. Love and the many beautiful things can outdo all of the negative. So stepping, get the stepping together as a whole, the Asian community, the Haitian community, the, all the communities, the Germans, the, you know, let's work together, you know. And, and, and I think um, if we're stepping in the right direction, we can, um, because this is an area to be quite honest, it's on the news every night. But that doesn't discourage me from the work that we've done, composition or overture for the Ollie neighborhood. Let's get to stepping, but in the right direction together. And anytime you can uh, bring communities and people together, you can accomplish anything. Not only do we have nations divided against each other, you have communities divided against each other, you know. And music has a way of bringing all these people together. Before William Penn colonized what we now know as the state of Pennsylvania in the late 17th century, the only section of Philadelphia was home to a community of Lenape Indians. These particular Lenape were known to be tall, incredibly peaceful, and a spiritual people. Their totem was a turtle because they had a legend that at one point the entire world balanced on the back of a giant turtle. They shared a name with the language they spoke, the Unami, which means people downriver. Only is remarkably different today, of course. The people downriver, the Unami, were displaced long ago by English colonists. And in the context of modern Philly, the neighborhood is something of an upriver community. 
On a map, only lies at the tippy top of the city. It borders Montgomery County and is the second to last stop on the northbound Broad Street subway line. But the neighborhood is also upriver in the sense that it doesn't seem shy to go against the current. It's a neighborhood with a blue collar tradition that's been revitalized in recent decades, but without the levels of gentrification that we've seen in so many other parts of the city. Over the last 20 years, Olney has become increasingly non-white. It's a true melting pot, home to large communities of Korean, Colombian, and Mexican immigrants, along with families from Africa and the Caribbean. Researchers believe it is the most linguistically diverse part of Philadelphia. More than one in three people who live there was born outside the United States. In this podcast, we're going to introduce you to some of them and hear why this neighborhood is so special. You'll also hear about the history of Olney, including the racism some people faced as the neighborhood grew less white. You'll hear from chefs and artists, teenagers and teachers, pastors and nonprofit leaders. You'll hear about its food, its thriving business community, and its built environment. A co-production of Only Culture Lab of Culture Trust Greater Philadelphia and Amber Art and Design, in partnership with June Lopez and Malcolm Burnley, this is Audio Only, a podcast exploring the beauty, complexity, and diversity of the only section of Philadelphia. We hope you enjoy. Major support for the Audio Only podcast is provided by the Independence Public Media Foundation. Additional support is provided by the William Penn Foundation and Collins Family ShopRite. And we're back. So episode two is about music and dance. And when we spoke to a couple of different people, they talked about some themes such as music as a way to connect with other people, especially now during the time of pandemic, music as a form of expression, as a creative outlet, and also um, the connection between music and dance and music and dance as a way to connect to culture. We interviewed a lot of guests on a wide array of musical topics related to Alni, and we wish we could bring you all of them, but we also had our own reflections on the theme, especially after so many interviews. So Kira and I sat down with a recorder and interviewed each other. So we're gonna just go back and forth and ask each other a couple questions. And my first question is for you, Kier. Why is music important to you? Well, music and dance are important to me because as a creator, as somebody who's embedded in culture, it's just another ultimate form of the human expression. Can I just say that I love this clip because it shows how different we are and how we answer a question. And what's that supposed to mean? Just listen. It's a way that slightly separates us between humans and, and other animals on the planet. And it's just, when you think about it, a form of social and personal technology that has taken millions of years of evolution to get to this point that we're able to do what we do. How about you? For me, music and dance are just totally connected and interrelated. I love to dance and music is a big part of that. Music sets the tone for the dance. 
Um, at one point, I was studying African dance from several different places, the Ivory Coast and West Africa. And the music is so key for the dance and it's always live music and or live drumming. And um, the music is also very connected to story. So there's that element of culture. It's not just the the drum beat, it's not just the rhythm. There's also very strong connection to culture through story. Every dance has a particular story that relates to it and all the movements relate to different actions um, because each dance might be used for a specific moment um, or a specific celebration. You're so philosophical and poetic. I chose to answer with what I've personally studied or learned from firsthand experience. I am Jewish and Latina, and part of my youth was spent learning Hebrew and realizing and learning that the Torah is written to music, like the way that Hebrew is read in the Torah is musical. And um, I just think that's very interesting. Music as a, a ritual. And there's lots of different rituals that we practice in our daily lives that involve music. Well, we both read a lot. We just share that knowledge in our own way. That's what everybody does to some extent. And for some people in cultures, sharing knowledge and history and experience happens through music. And, you know, there's very much a, a spiritual alignment, too. So there's a reason why throughout the history of recorded human being, human experience, that music and dance directly relate to mythological or spiritual uh, congregations, you know, almost every church, there is a musical component or a rhythmic dance, you know, all the way back to indigenous expressions. There was always a dance and a music component as a way to really apply and uproot the spiritual presence as a way to get your mind to explore, you know, within yourself other dimensions. So I think that music and dance are the epitome of what defines a cultural experience. And embedded within that is the root of where that expression is created. And a lot of that is identified through place. In making this episode, we quickly realized that we can never cover the entire musical history of Alni or even give you an accurate survey of everything that's out there. So we focused on music that's being produced out of Alni right now. Here are three stories from the musical artists in the neighborhood.
the air that you breathe, everything you touch. I am the every man, but I ain't nothing much. I am the reason that the world spins and never stops. I feel like KRS. I am hip-hop. I am the vibration, everything you see. I am XMOK. I am Kennedy. I feel like every child. I feel like every human. I feel a shocker when she said I am every woman. I never sleep on the job. I'm the insomniac. I feel like every sign inside of the Zodiac. Because I'm not the problem, I am the solution. I'm the 13th Amendment of the Constitution. I'm every MC, everything I love. Everything beneath me, everything above. I am every song, everything I sing. I am every thought, I am everything. My name is Mighty Fripside. My real name is Darian Fripps. You can call me Darian Flip Fripps or Mighty Flipside. I am 43 years old. I see myself as a, I manifest as a black man, uh, but I believe that I walk in this life universal. Uh, I self-identify as a human being first, a hip-hop person second, uh, black American, black person third, and American fourth, and that's how I see the world. I'm originally from the northwest part of Philadelphia, uptown, black uptown, Germantown, Mount Airy, West Oak Lane, and I was living there for a while, and, you know, 16 years old, and I got kicked out from my parents' house, and I lived with my grandmother. My grandmother lived at six in Grange, those days, we just performed at a lot of house parties. And I remember specifically, there was, um, uh, we used to hang out with my homie Magic. And my homie Magic was one of my guys. And he used to bring around Malik B, uh, rest in peace. Malik B used to come around all needs to some of the house parties. That was pretty wild. And it was me, Malik B, uh, Magic, who didn't rhyme. He was just kind of there. But we all walked together. And there was this boy named Kat, uh, this like reggae artist, who was like amazing too. I wonder where Kat is today. Kat. This dude was like legit. I mean, I know a lot of people like do, you know, dance hall, but he was like the real deal. Um, he used to hang around and we used to perform at house parties. I mean, it was crazy. It was like someone's like house, but it was like Malik B, Kat, me. And it was like, it was like a real, it was like a dope, like, performance and shows at a lot of the house parties. I'm trying to think, I, I don't know, not in particular halls, but we used to go down and do different jams around Tabor Road, uh, uh, Champ Law Street. We did a like, a lot of, uh, neighborhood, uh, neighborhood jams in Olney. I mean, I speak many languages, but my, my first language is hip hop. Uh, straight ahead hip hop lyrics and beats. And I would definitely, I'm very proud to say that I'm a, a conscious rapper, uh, a, a rap with a substance and about positivity and strength. I take the stance where my music is about the skill and the art and the beauty of the music. And on the, the second layer is to, uh, uplift, educate and empower people. Music is important to me because it's a great educational tool. You know, I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere and music made me feel like I belonged somewhere, like I was doing something right. And hip hop specifically made me feel like I had a community. I uh, did Hip Hop Lives, which was uh, the longest live 
music hip hop event in the history of Philadelphia. And, um, it was MCs and DJs and we did it for 10 or 11 years, over a decade. Some of the people that we had at our show was, we've had Static Selecta, Elzai, we've had Dice Raw of the Roots, Brand Agent, we had, um, Elzai, Reef the Lost Claws, we've had, um, all the Philadelphia legends, Out of Space, Jedi Mind Tricks, a lot of the people throughout the years, and I'm one of my crowning achievements. And this summer will be 15 years, 15 years since we released the uh, our first album, Everything, Everywhere, All the Time. And we're going to do, uh, you know, God willing, a culmination documentary about the contribution of hip hop called Hip Hop Lives. And uh, yeah. You know, hopefully that'll be available for the people. So when I walk through Omni, I have a feel the sound to me. This is not quite a sound, but the feeling I get from it is uh, such an underappreciating, an underappreciated brilliance. Sunder, such an underappreciated, uh, like a, such a hidden gem. You know, uh, the sound of it is like. To outsiders or people from the outside looking in may sound harsh and brash, but you know, with you, if you really get to know and appreciate it, it's one of the most beautiful things there is. So I think if I were to describe it as a sound, I would say, I would say it's uh, the pounding of a drum. Uh, you may be put off by it if you don't understand it, but if you do, you'll fall in love with it. Yeah, you can go to stayonthebeat.com. We have information about my podcast, about my music. That's Flip Frips, a hip-hop artist, MC, and teacher who goes by the name Mighty Flipside Esquire. My name is Professor Randy J. Initial J. Gibson of Gibson School of Music and Arts. I'm a concert pianist by profession. I started playing piano when I was three years old. I played what I heard on the radio at the time, Ray Charles' song. I played in all the black keys for a little kid to be able to play in the black keys. A song that was on the radio. My father was a pianist. My mother was a soprano vocalist. And I think I didn't start taking lessons till I was about five years old. But I played what I heard on on the radio. Like I said, I remember the song. Ray Charles, uh, boom, 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 boom. What I say uh, by Ray Charles, but it was easy for a small child to play the black keys. Boom, 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 boom. So then uh, they encouraged me around five years old to actually get conventional lessons. So I teach uh, sight reading and I teach people how to learn by rote methods of ear training. After I got out of the Navy, I came to Philadelphia to study several universities of music. And years later, after graduating and permeating the Philadelphia area, 
that's when I opened the music school. This year will be 26 years for Gibson School of Music and Arts, which is in the Olney neighborhood, Fifth and Tabor, uh, one block south of the Olney. So like I said, 26 years, and it is a multicultural school. Uh, we have every nationality there, so we're music permeates every nationality, so we're excited about that. There used to be a music school there called Zafs, Z-A-P-F-S, and I used to buy a lot of my music instruments there. And it was a very German community at the time. Zafs was German. The community began to change, uh, whatever, call it divine inspiration or whatever. I One day I was, uh, in Zaffs, buying some keyboards. And uh, I asked Mr. Zaffs, I said, you, uh, he had five properties there. I said, you wanna sell, you wanna sell these properties? He looked at me very strange and says, how did you know? The community began to be very changed. The change I thought was very good culturally. Like I say, I, I think music just permeates all of that. But I think, uh, the diversity was not good for some, some people, but uh, I chose to embrace it. Uh, initially, just, uh, just music um, classes. We must have had about 25, 30 teachers. And then we extended that into dance. And then now fine arts, we do have fine arts now. And we also have the uh, animated arts, which is for the uh, young and old, especially the young people, it's become a pretty big thing with the animations. And also we, in the last couple of years, we have a program called Read by Four, which has really uh, embrace the community, helping children to be able to read better literature. And we also try to excel in the mathematics because music relates to all of that. Music is math. Years ago, the Romans used to teach music and math as one. Chaconi Creek Suite, uh, which is a collection of um, musical pieces, compositions, all, all original compositions, ecological in nature, about the Tacone Creek itself. They're revitalizing that whole area, Tacone, Tacone watershed. Because I always believed that, I mean, you can take pills and take vaccines, but you still need to clean up your environment. As they clean those waters up and make it environmentally safe, I think that's gonna help the human beings that live in the vicinity.
846. The number is 846. And this song was written, it's just acoustic piano and soprano saxophone. You probably have connected right right away to 846. It's it is uh, a depic depiction of the tragedy that happened to Mr. George Floyd. That song has already gotten acclaim. And very poignant in nature. The the duration of the song, and you guessed it, is eight minutes and forty-six seconds long. Each uh, track has a different depiction. Number one, it's called Wings as Eagles. Number two, it's called Could It Be? It's a blues in the key of B. Nobody in the history of blues writes. These are big band. The first two songs are big band. In the history of jazz blues, nobody writes in the key of B. And could it be, the letter B, could it be, just the letter B, I also... Uh, if you saw the the creek uh, in its early stages and what it's becoming, it was unimaginable. And so I said, could it be? Could it be imaginable? And number three, it's moment of silence, as we had talked about. Number four, it's called So Thankful. And uh, the duality of that is uh, so thankful that this that this project is being done and I was able to be a great part of it. Number five is called Stepping. Stepping deals with stepping stones over the creek, but also in life when you say stepping, it's more like get to stepping, a motivational, upbeat, uh, bebop jazz song. And I already mentioned 846 George Floyd, number seven, Tacony Creek. So it's a I listen to it from time to time in my meditation. It's a great source of uh, inner inspiration. And that's Professor Randy Gibson of the Gibson Music School. They have programs for adults and kids in a number of musical, dance, and visual arts genres. They're still open during COVID. My name is Timothy Ragsdale. 
I'm 24 and I'm black. My mom is who I've been living with my entire life. We still live in the same house that we had, that she had from before I was born. And I've been here all 24 years of my life. Uh, to my knowledge, I'm not totally sure, but to my knowledge, uh, my grandmother bought this house or my uncle. One of them bought this house and it was just an extra house to have. And uh, eventually my mom and most of my growing up and hanging out and going to school has been uh, in the Olney area. So I used to go to Grover, Washington, uh, middle school. And uh, I have a cousin who lives in Olney. He lives on Fairhill Street. And that's where I would go to hang out and, you know, play, you know, tag or manhunt or whatever. And Fisher Park is nearby. And I studied at uh, Gibson School of Music. That's on Fifth and Chamber. So that's where I first started playing. Uh, one of the first places I started playing bass, that in my middle school. So that's, that's how we've gotten in the area. I'm still around there today. I come from a musical family. It took me a while to even acknowledge that. I come from a musical family, but my mother plays drums. She played drums, or used to, she used to. She's played with, pregnant with me and all of my brothers. I have an older brother and a younger brother on my mom's side. Most of the people in our church, I should also mention that I'm half really church oriented. Most of the people of our church that were, you know, males and, fem and females all showed interest in drums. So, you know, when it came time for me to start playing anything, uh, my mom was drumming, my older, oldest brother was drumming, two of my cousins were drumming, everyone was playing drums. So I was told by everyone, don't play drums. And I should also mention my mom is a singer as well. And she's played a different instrument, bass and guitar over the years. When I transferred from Conwell over to Grover, um, I, I met a guy named Richard Petit Ferrer. And he was a bassist, seventh grade, we were in seventh grade, but I remember him being really good even from back then. And he would always tell me, you know, come, come check out the bass, because I was starting to show interest for it. And um, I never, I would always, you know, I would get into sports and, you know, want to be a guy who's like, you know, cooler per se. Uh, yeah, I'll make my way over there. Yeah, I'm going to come. Richard was sick with sickle cell, which I didn't know at the time. And he passed away while I was in seventh grade. I believe I was in seventh grade, even seventh or eighth grade. And when he passed away, I remember feeling bad for never coming to, you know, hear him out or try playing bass and, uh, you know, having those moments with him. And the day of his funeral, I vowed that he was going to live all his dreams through me. So I started playing bass. We needed a bass player for the school jazz band anyway. I started playing my mom and my pastor, who was my mom's sister. There's another guy who lived on the same block as my, uh, my cousin. His name's Aaron. Aaron Dubose, I want to say. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. And he, he was a bassist. He's been playing longer than me, and he, he still plays to this day. But there were different guys in the neighborhood that were playing instruments and uh, doing something art-related. And when I got to Grover, I got there, and I met a, a, a lot of kids that would dance and that were expressing themselves. And it's not until right now that I acknowledge that. Um, that was the first I was really starting to see people on a regular basis because they would have rallies and different shows and stuff like that. And 
people with talent shows and people would come up and, and perform, sing, do things. And that was the first time I saw that it was something cool to do. My unit, which is called the New Era Collective, led by, again, my drummer, Malik. And we've, amongst other guys, I mean, some people from the Clef Club have come in and, and performed and, you know, whoever else was on the bill that day. But a free concert just to promote and share art and share music and share our sound and share us. Why is music important to you? Music is my escape. And I know it's other people's escape too, because uh, when we're depressed, we listen to music. When we're happy, we listen to music. When there's a wedding, there's music. When there's a funeral, there's music. Birthday party, club, um, church. So I recognize that music is uh, essential in all and a lot of different, you know, walks in life and to be able to create it, hear it, absorb it, even experience it is uh, the more I'm, I'm in environments where I can't practice or environments now like during a pandemic when we can't go out to time or Chris the Jazz Cafe or South or um, some of the clubs in New York to hear music or, or perform it in my, in my, um, my shoes, my situation. It's, uh, it shows me how, you know, how, how grateful we really need to be for anything, but it also shows me how much I really, you know, love and appreciate and, you know, am looking forward to doing these things that are, um, are, are all around music. That's Timothy Ragsdale. He plays in a group called New Era Collective. the sound of Alney. If you had to put a soundtrack to a neighborhood, what would be the soundtrack for Alney? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's a mean question because I listen to a lot of music and I take a lot of walks. You heard that voice at the beginning of the episode. Marquise Bradley is a classically trained musician who plays the clarinet. He's been in all sorts of ensembles and orchestras across the city and region. Let's see. I would have to say, maybe, and I'm really gonna let my classicals colors show and my Philadelphia pride, but I recently took a walk uh, two weeks ago, uh, listening to Brahms' Third Symphony and specifically the Philadelphia Orchestra playing, because if you can imagine, the Philadelphia Orchestra is one of the best orchestras in the world. And if you ask me, it's the best orchestra in the world. But uh, they have a very specific sound and uh, really it's the string section, the violins, the violas, the cellos, and the basses, they have this sound that's so warm and so rich but also it packs a punch like no other. And that sound, as at least on that walk that I took two weeks ago, was one that I felt to be very fitting for everything that I was taking in, you know, 
the good, the bad, the ugly, but it's all there. And we want to close the episode with Marquise, not only because he represents the future of Alni music, but also because he said something that really stuck with us about what music has done for him and specifically what it's given him during the pandemic. When I sit down and practice my instrument, am I doing this for me or am I doing this because I want a job in five years? So there's always some uh, added stress, but definitely uh, even in my everyday practice and just the study of music, that's something that really helps me connect to. So not necessarily escape. Uh, that's a common trope that I hear many of my colleagues say and also just the media. It's the the music helps me escape, but really I think it helps me connect to the world around me on a deeper level and even the people uh, that I'm playing with on a daily basis, well, that I would normally play with on a daily basis, uh, that the music would help me connect to all of that to create this overall sense of oneness with the world and others. So I think definitely it is helping me at least cope with all of the everyday stresses of the world. And also just to know that one day I will be back on stage again, playing with people and for people. And uh, those experiences later, I think I will definitely not take for granted as much as I did before. Marquise Bradley is a clarinetist and a sophomore at the Cleveland Institute of Music. Thanks for listening. In the next episode, we're going to explore art and design in Alni. For more information about this project, please visit www.alniculturelab.org and search for the Alni Embrace Project. You can also email us at audioalni at gmail.com. Be safe, everyone.